you know, every day is a, is a new uh, adventure and you never know, you know, what big booking is going to happen. It's very, yeah. it's all very exciting, yeah. which is what I, you know, love about this business. You know, I'm glad I have had the experiences I've had to know, you know, how, how great I have it now. And I don't know that I appreciate it as much if I hadn't done all the things that I I've agree. Done. And I, yeah. and good on you also, because there's a lot of people out there who've just stayed in the same place thinking, I don't love it, but you know, what else mm. is there? It's, yeah, hard, I feel... it's hard to take the risk to do something yes. else. Welcome to Mentors on the Mic. I'm your host, Michelle Miller, a New York City native actress with credits in film, television, off-Broadway, and commercials. Every Monday, I'll bring you an incredible mentor in the entertainment industry, focusing on how they started and how they moved up to where they are today. Thanks for listening, and let the episode begin. All right, everyone. Do I have a wonderful mentor for you today? Our mentor is Jonathan Mason from Buckwald Talent. Now, if you're in the industry, you know Buckwald. It's a top tier agency. But if you don't know, it's it's a huge bi-coastal agency, New York and LA. It has departments that are not just commercial and print and film, TV and theater, which are like the normal ones. They also have departments. They have literary department. They have a broadcasting department. They have a social media influencer department. So they're big and they have some of the biggest people on their roster. And Jonathan Mason is for legit. So he, he one of the agents in the film, TV, theater department. And he has clients on some of the top TV shows, streaming platforms, you know, films. He had a lot of clients on Broadway, the whole thing, theater. And, you know, we get to really hear about that perspective. But moreover, it's really interesting to hear about his career and how he got to where he is today because, you know, he started being an agent a little bit later than maybe some of the other people who start right out of college maybe or when they're really young. And, you know, he went up the fast track of being, you know, he went from intern to agent in two years. But prior to that, he was a background artist for four years. Um, some of the your favorite episodes probably on Sex in the City. He was in finance for a while. He was actually a casting intern at Judy Henderson Casting with our mentor from last week, Kim Graham. So you get to hear about her perspective and now you get to hear about his. And uh, yeah, Kim gets mentioned in, in this episode as well. So not only is it really great to hear sort of from an agent, things that, you know, actors would want to know or people who want to be represented want to know, but really amazing to see how someone can pivot within the industry in different places until you find the right place. And uh, if you haven't already, please subscribe, please review on Apple Podcasts. And without further ado, welcome, Jonathan Mason. All right. Hey, Jonathan, how are you? I am good. How are you, Michelle? I'm good. Thank you so much for being a guest on this podcast. I'm very excited to talk to you. Thanks for having me. So I always start off these interviews with what was your first role in the entertainment industry? How did you get in? Well, we have to go back a ways. Well, first of all, I was always into TV and film as a kid. You know, I, I watched a lot of TV. I mean, who didn't, you know, back in the 70s, 80s, that's what we did, play video games and watch TV. But I think I went to college, and I know I went to college. I went to college. You Vassar went to Vassar, college. yeah. I was going to major in economics to be in business when I graduated. And 
macroeconomics was the intro to economics class that I took. It was, I think my freshman year maybe. And I got a D. I got a D in macroeconomics. So that led me to think maybe economics and business isn't isn't right for me. Well, that did change the whole trajectory of your life. Yes. (laughs) The whole trajectory changed and I became a film major. So that kind of made me excited about getting into the film business. I didn't know what area, uh, producing, directing, I wasn't sure. And a friend of mine, one of my best friends, this was now my senior year, I think, had a friend who was going to come to Vassar and look at the, the surroundings to see if maybe he'd want to shoot. He was going to be doing a music video uh, for friends of theirs that had this great song. And that guy was Darren Aronofsky, actually. Wow. So, yeah, back before even he had done... Record oh, pie. Pie. Oh, pie. Pie. Yeah. 1998 Pie. Yeah. So that was before. So... Um, he came up and, and we you know walked around campus and I was going to be the second AD on the, the video. And it didn't end up happening. I don't know exactly. I think the, the, the musicians got into a fight and they broke up or I don't remember what it was. But um, we all stayed in touch. I stayed in touch with Darren. We, we were all friendly and after I graduated. And I ended up getting, deciding to go into production. And I got a job as a production assistant. I don't remember on what, but that was a pretty miserable experience because it was all manual labor, pretty much. Yeah. I was, you know, loading and unloading the truck and, you know, setting up craft services. And uh, it wasn't a lot of fun. Plus, I made the mistake of instead of staying with the same group, the same company and like kind of rising the ranks within that area and, you know, making it to you know, producer at some point, I was always, I was moving around to different productions. So I was always the low man on the totem pole. Right. And, you know, also wasn't steady work. You would work on a project and then you'd, you'd have Have to find something else. Yeah. Yeah. So how long were you doing this? Oh God. It was at least a year. Yeah. I think a year or even two. And then my sister had a friend who was at um, channel five local news and he was a producer there. And she got me in a meeting with him and I ended up getting a, it was like kind of a training program slash job at Channel 5 News. And I don't like to say Fox News, I say Channel 5 News because it was before, it was pre-Fox News. Right, it was before. It was basic cable. It was not, we're talking 95. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basic cable channels, it's different. Yeah, it was, it was local news. It was was Channel 5. Yeah. Um, And um, so I worked as, as uh, an assistant on the desk helping to find stories for them to, to do and ripping the scripts for the, for the anchors. It was during the time of the OJ Simpson trial. So there was a whole group wow. of lawyers and, and anchors that would sit around and watching the court TV stuff and then talking about it. I'd bring them their lunch. I could tell wow. you what they all had for lunch. Um, and, um, and that made me think maybe I'd want to be an anchor or a reporter. And I, you know, I, I went, well, you know, it was, it was something that I, I thought would be really great. And, um, I went out, I used, um, I went out with some of the reporters on stories and, and they, you know, gave me some lessons and I did, so I got to use, um, the, their equipment in a way, like I got to do fake, you know, standups, they call them where, yeah. you know, you're in front of the camera and you're talking about the story or whatever. And then 
I did an anchor piece um, for my reel. And one of the producers there was Don Lemon. Super nice guy. Wow, good. And he, I was not very comfortable in front of the camera. I remember like being very stiff. And he was there, you know, watching me put this audition tape down. And he was like, just pretend like you're talking to someone. Don't, you know, relax. He was very, he was super, super nice guy. He was very, I mean, he was like a young producer then. It was, wow. You know, mid nineties. Um, so I got that together. Um, I started sending it around to the way they start is they start in like some middle of nowhere town. And if they're good enough, they can move to a big market like New York or Los right. Angeles. So, and I grew up in New York and when I started really thinking about, can I really see myself moving to a really small town somewhere? And then, you know, who knows how long I'd be there. If I'm not good enough, I'm stuck there for how long, however long, I don't know. And so I was like, you know, maybe I'll stay on the other side and produce. So there was an opening at, at Channel 5 um, for a medical segment producer. And my dad was a doctor. And so it could have been perfect fit. We had a lot of connections in the medical field that I could talk to people. And um, so I interviewed with, with the news director. And what happened at the, around the same time as that is there was a show called The Current Affair, which was one of those magazine shows on Channel 5. And they just went off the air. They got canceled. And so they had a lot of people out of work. So there wasn't a job for me because they went with someone more experienced. Mm. So then I left Channel 5 because it was kind of a training program and I decided not to stay. And my dad had a patient who was head of a financial firm and offered me a job in finance. Oh. So I moved over to the financial world and I was a bond broker. Um, wow. In the World Trade Center on the 84th floor of the World Trade Center, two World Trade. Um, and that, uh, that lasted for about four years. I enjoyed the people I worked with. I was good at what I did, but I didn't understand and didn't care to understand what moved the markets, mm. um, you know, what the un unemployment numbers would do to the bond market, um, depending on the, if the numbers were high or low. It just wasn't exciting to me and I didn't care yeah. to learn it. So I knew that I needed to do something else. I couldn't see my, myself spending my life working in finance, um, maybe what, making what years were money. This? But this was from 96 to 90, end of 99 or 2000. Wow. So like right like before that. So yeah. So I decided in probably... 2000 or end of 99 that I was going to leave. It wasn't for me. Plus the, the desk that I was on, it was called the reverse agreement desk. There are different desks within the, the company I was in within the market, the bond market. There was a Euro, Euro bonds desk. There was a repurchase agreement desk called repos there. It was all emerging markets and bonds like European and third world country bonds. And they closed my desk because the bosses on my desk left the firm to go to a competing firm. And I was left on the desk oh. and they made me the head of the desk. But oh. yeah, I was in my 20s still. Yeah. But the, the guys who, who left brought all their clients with them. So I, I would have had to bring, you know, get the clients back. And there was no way these guys had very strong relationships with them. Or whatever. Yeah. So they closed the desk. They put me on another desk. I wasn't really happy on that other desk. It wasn't a fit. And um, so I decided I needed to leave. 
Um, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. So my parents really wanted me to stay in finance. Yeah. Um, they thought maybe I'd like a different area of finance. So here's where it gets good. Yeah. No, it's been good the whole time. This is where it gets good. Okay. So, so I ended up getting, getting in touch with a headhunter and it was more like, maybe it was less like, it was more like a, um, one okay. of those temp temp places actually. Oh, okay. Because I was going to check out, I was going to check out some areas of finance and just take a temp job and see if it was yeah, something that I'd like. You, um, you basically wanted to know what else was out there given the experience yeah, level you had. Yeah. 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 So I, I got placed at UBS in the equity sales desk at UBS in New York. My first day, and it was kind of a, it was going to be a long-term one. It was going to be there for as long as pretty much I wanted or they liked me. Nice. My first day there, this woman that was on, sitting next to me kind of, who was also a temp, but she'd been there a while, was an actress. And after work one day, I think it was like the second day I was there, she said, you know, tomorrow I'm going to an open call for Sex in the City. Would you want to go? Because I guess I had talked about, you know, the film, my film days and whatever. And, and so I was like, yeah, I'd love to. So I went with her after work one day to an open call. It was like for extra work. Okay. Because I was asking. Um, I was going to be like. Yeah, it was extra work. Okay. It was extra work. Got makes sense. And I had brought with me, I had pictures that I had taken shortly after college because I thought maybe I'd, I'd try acting. I left that part out. So I had some like headshots taken. Yeah. And so anyway, they ended up, I ended up getting cast in, it was the first episode of the third season of Sex and the City. Wow. And I got to, to know the, um, the casting director who did the background casting. So I got called back constantly. So I did, uh, you know, four to five episodes each season from the third to the sixth. Wow. And I had such a great time. And then I, I started getting in with other background casting places and so I did all the Law and Orders, and I did a bunch of movies, and I did all the soap operas in New York, and I took cl- I started taking classes. I ended up getting a role of a cop on all my children that I and I worked there all the time, which was fun. I got a line once. Wow! Um, well, you got a line as an time. extra. I got a line as an extra. Very rare. My, my extra That's cop role. Very impressive. I know. Well, I, I, I was on it a long, you know, I, still, I, I played I still, that same it's not, role. It's not many, not many times where they even give the long-term ones. So I've anyway, only heard so it happen a couple times. Yeah. Well, it happens. So, and then I got my SAG card from the movie, A Beautiful Mind with Russell Crowe, because oh. the way it works, I don't know if it still works this way, but if you, if they don't have enough SAG actors on set, they have to, what's called Taft Hartley. Yep. People who are non-SAG. So yep. if you get three of those, at least at the time, if you get three of those, can you still do that that way? Yeah. Okay. So anyway, so I got my SAG card and I started, you know, I, I worked more and that way I got to make a little bit more money too, because you got yeah, more money as a SAG actor more. than They also, they also treat better. Yes. So, but at, at a certain point when I was acting and I, taking these acting classes, I really started to realize that I didn't really have the talent for acting, but I really loved being around actors and, you know, on sets and, and all that. So how long were you doing this? Cause if you did four seasons in the city, yeah, it must have been at least. I was also nightclub promoting at the same time. I was writing a book on, um, on dating. Did you um, publish it? No, I tried to. Um, and I'd actually met Candace Bushnell coincidentally wow. at a restaurant. And 
we ended up exchanging phone numbers and I, I asked her if she would write my forward for the book. And, um, Ballsy. you know, she was working on four blondes at the time. Anyway, right. that's, that's a whole nother story. But, you know, when I was writing the book, having met Candace Bushnell and I was writing a book on dating was quite a coincidence. I thought it was kismet. Like, yeah, this is, you know, I'm doing, I'm doing the right thing here. I'm meant to yeah. do this. It was like a, he and then I, I got a, a co-author to write with me or a theme, a woman. Yeah. Um, so it was like a, he said, she said guide to dating. That's awesome. Then we started dating and <laughs> then that led to, you know, us breaking up and the book fell apart. So anyway, um, but it's fun to go back and, and read some of it. It was yeah. uh, the, the beginning of, on, you know, online dating and how I explained the best way to do that. Anyway, fun stuff. Yeah. So I had met a, a woman on the set of Sex in the City who had gone to Vassar, but she was much younger than me. And her father was, he was retired, but he was, he had been a casting director. And so I said, you know, I've been thinking of, of getting out of the acting business, but I really want to be, you know, still in the entertainment business. I was thinking about casting, you know, maybe we could, I could meet with your dad um, to discuss it. And she had said, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of the same thing. Like, let's, let's definitely meet with my dad. So we had a coffee with the dad and he said, you know, you should get an internship and see if you like it. And if you like it, you know, you pursue it, but you know, look into that. So I sent, um, I sent my resume around and I got an internship from Judy Henderson casting and, and it was no pay. And she was on the upper West side where she still is on 89th street. And um, I was going to work, I think it was three days a week. She was working on a lot of commercials she did independent films. She wasn't yet doing Homeland, which she um, was doing up until recently. Yep. Um, which you you would know. Yes, yes, that's one of my yeah. shows. But that's mm -hmm. great you say this because I I regardless if we air her episode or something, we talked about this part too, where it was like, you know, I I think I mentioned because she obviously was started off as an intern too, but she was talking about like people interning for her, but she didn't mention mm -hmm. you. But she was also talking about I was one um, of their favorites. I'm sure. Yes, I'm sure if I brought yes. it up, I will. I'll do a follow-up. <laughs> but she was also saying that in the beginning, it was really a lot of commercials and independent films, yes. some theater, yes. but like prior yes. to Homeland. Some theater. Yeah. Yep. And she did some video games too. Um, she also said that. Imagine that. Yeah. Yeah. So I so think I uh, what was there. it? Grand Theft Auto. Yes. She, did she called Theft it. Auto yeah. Cause she called it GTA. And I was like, what yeah. was that? <laughs> yep. Yep. So Kim Graham was there as her associate back then too. This was God, what year was this now? This was probably around 2003, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Yeah. Prior to um, that makes sense. Yeah. And so I worked there. I had no really idea this it. was part of your story. This is very yeah, exciting. Yeah. So I really enjoyed working there. The only bad part was that she worked and, and lived in the same space. Yeah. And so part of my job was to take out the garbage and oh. to, to, to separate the recyclables. Yeah. But I did it well. I did I'm it sure. Well. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, but anyway, so... You know, so, a lot of really when, good people started off there as interns. Like I was thinking about like, some of the people I know and love, like Alexis mm -hmm. Atkinson came from there. And Oh, yes, know. I know Alexis. She's yeah, great. Yeah, yeah we've, we've, we've bonded over that too. Yeah, I've been both Kim and Alexis's reader a lot. I don't think that's a coincidence that they both. Uh -huh. There you go. Yeah. Um, so when my internship, it was like a three-month-long internship. And when that was coming to an end, 
I reached out to some other casting offices because they were a small shop. They weren't going to, they were just doing interns. They had Kim and that was it. So Judy had Kim. I shouldn't say they, it's Judy. (laughs) So, um, so I, I got a a meeting at um, Liz Lewis casting and did a lot of commercials. Um, And I met with one of the uh, assistants. I don't know if she was an associate yet, but her name, um, Freya Krasnow. Wow. you know Freya? Yeah. So Freya is at Bowling Misha. Yes. And she was there at the time. And was I she met ever at also Rosalie Joseph? I have this very big... She might have been. Of she might have been, yes. She's at I Rosalie's. think so. Um, I think the, the, mysteri- the thing of Laura, what was the Deborah Messing show? The Something Mysterious Thing of Laura? Mysteries of oh, Laura? Myster- yes, I, think, I can't remember. I think I had an audition with Freya for Mysteries of Laura at Rosalie okay. Joseph. But now she's um, there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, and the funny story, the funny thing is my now brother-in-law was really close friends with her growing up. Wow. Which I found, we found out much later. But so Freya then had me come back in to meet with Liz Lewis and they ended up deciding, Freya, uh, not Freya, Liz decided not to hire me because I was older. Now I was like 30. Yeah. And they usually hired people right out of school and the things that the assistants do there, you know, were very, um, not things that they would think a 30 year old would do, but of course I was open to anything. Yeah. But they just felt like I was too old for the job. Interesting. Whatever. So I went back to Judy. I had like a week left and Kim, you know, I told Kim what happened and she said, you know, I think you should look into agenting. I think you make a good agent. Wow. Like, All right. Oh, so, so she's a real part of your story. She's a real part of my story. Wow. So, and she loves telling the story to people too. Oh, I wish I because asked now her. I cover, I cover, I cover their office. So, yeah. in fact, we were starting to switch um, casting the way we covered things. So we now cover by network, and because Judy Showtime, I don't that. cover Showtime. Right. But Judy insisted. Judy and Kim insisted that I be their coverage. Of wow. Life. So, anyway. Um, not to take anything away from the agent who does cover story. Showtime. No, but, but they have a relationship yes, with Yes, they you. have a relationship. So anyway, um, so, so I used the, you know, while at, while at Judy's, I had to reach out to agents to, you know, put out appointments and confirm appointments that we had put out to see if they were coming. And so I reached out with my resume to a bunch of these agents, agencies, and I, I don't I'm not going to name the agency, but I, I got um, an internship at a certain agency, a small, uh, maybe midsize. Um, they had an LA office too, but they really worked independently of, of their LA office, at least at the time. Still around. And so I got an inter- internship there, but it was five days a week, no pay. Oh. But what was great about it was that I worked, um, you know, as an assistant even though I was an intern. So the head agent didn't have an assistant at the time. So I sat next to one of the other assistants to one of the other agents, had my own computer, was putting out appointments, was um, pulling, you know, the headshots and resumes and doing all the things. Being an assistant. Yeah. I was an assistant, even though I was an intern. So I really got a great education. Yeah. Now, what I found out later was luckily, I mean, if I had done this a year or two later, I wouldn't have been able to do it because then interns had to be getting college credit. Oh. They weren't, companies would no longer hire um, people who weren't getting college credit. Is that it was still like the a, case a, now? A legal thing. Is that still yeah, the case Yeah, I mean, now? now 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, now it's, it's, um, there were, there've been lawsuits. Um, you can't wow. hire any, you, you now you have to pay interns too. I think it's college credits wow. and you have to pay them. That was, if the time that I did it was now, I never would have been able to get into this business. I would have been too old and the end. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so five days a week, I worked at this agency, um, really learned a lot, loved it. And then after about three months, when the internship was, you know, usually they last about three months and then you kind of look for a paid position. You get, you know, you have the experience enough that you can kind of get somewhere else and they see that you've done some work and they'll hire you for money. So I, um, I looked on, I think it was entertainmentcareers.net. And there was an opening um, at Buckwald. So I, um, I reached out, I sent my resume, and I got an interview. So I went in and had a great interview. And the, um, the agent I met with, Hannah, um, she called for the reference. She called this, the agency that I was at. Um, and I heard the, one of the agents talking on the phone to her and saying, you'd be crazy if you didn't, if you don't hire him, he's great. Da, 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 da. Um, so I really thought I was getting a job. And the next day I get an email. I didn't get the job because she felt I was too old to be willing to do the things again. Right. Wow. So wow. Back it's the at, same thing. Yeah. So I'm back at the other agency. And then that night I get a call from the owner of the agency who was in LA who I had had the, had the opportunity to meet because of she Buckwald? came to New York for, no, from this other, from this uh, other first agency, the, t- the place it. I was interning. I had had the opportunity to meet with her. She had come through New York at a time and, and she sat with me and we chatted. And nice. she called me at home and she said, you know, I heard that you didn't get the job. Listen, we can't hire you, um, you know, where you're, you're making medical insurance and all that, but, we can pay you as an assistant. And after pilot season, you know, I promise you'll be a full-fledged assistant, medical benefits, all that stuff. Are you, what do you think? And I said, I'd love to step. So um, the following day, after Wait, before I Before you continue, to stay, I just find this yes. so interesting. Just thinking about like you applying for these internships as an agent, having your experience from casting, right? Having gone through something similar, you you know, at your age, going through these internships, putting all this work into casting, developing those relationships like you did, which proved well, and then going in now, and it's still difficult to get that assistant job. Yeah. I mean, I think it's kind of understandable looking at, at it now. It is as an assistant, they're all young, you know, it's, it's, the pay is very low. And you generally start um, right out of college. You know, you know what you want to do. I didn't know what I wanted to do when I, you know, I didn't know about agenting. That's true. A lot of people don't though. But if you know, if you sort of know, and if you have an idea of kind of what area you want to be in, um, perhaps you can build it from there. Um, You know, but I don't know. I moved around so much. I, I moved to a totally different you know, industry. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I will say this. I'm glad I did all that. Yeah, I'm sure. Because they all seem to be very much directly related to being an agent. Yeah. Not, not only that, but it's just, it it makes me who I am today. I have, you know, knowledge about lots of different things and I'm not just, you know, one area, but, um, 
So where was I? Um, so anyway, okay. So I go back to the, to the agency that I started at, um, as now making an, uh, an actual salary, although it wasn't much. And the, um, the agent who I'd met with, who decided I was too old, contacted me and at said, yes. And said, I made a mistake. Um, wow. I would like, I would like you to, I would like to hire you. And I said, Oh my God, it's too late. I how just long got had, offered. how long had passed? Was I can't long? remember. I feel like not long. Okay. I feel like it was like within a week. Wow. Um, I think she hired someone and it didn't work out is what happened. So maybe it was, maybe it was two weeks. I don't know. It was, it was pretty quick though. Yeah. And, but I said, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I, you know, I, I got offered a position here and I, you know, I'm going to stay. So, um, so anyway, I stayed through pilot season and it was really a slow pilot season. I was like bored out of my mind there. Wow. And I was like, you know, I think I need to be at a bigger place. Let me look around again. And there was another thing on entertainmentcareers.net, same, same um, assistant wow. position at Buckwall. So I reached out to Hannah and she was like, come right in. Wow. So I went in met with her again, met with the head of the department. Then they sent me down to the CFO, met with him and they hired me. Um, so did, so I have a question. Yeah. Did you go, jump right into that department? Did you jump right into legit or did you also yeah. do commercials or? No, right into legit. What made you want I to was do an assistant. legit? So that's what I was doing. Open? That's what I was doing at the, at where I was interning at um, the first agency. Right. Um, that was all legit too. And I worked briefly for the commercial agent at, at that first agency when he lost his assistant, I helped out and it wasn't for me, the commercial it's yeah. very, very fast. And it's, it's just, um, it's not for you. I don't remember the details of it, but it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't for me. For, I, for I, our listeners, I, for non-actors, um, or for not, you know, for people who don't know, legit covers film, TV and theater. Exactly. Yeah. So I, um, I then, um, so you joined Buckwell? Worked, so I worked for two yeah. agents. I worked with Hannah, who did a lot of TV and film, a little bit of theater, but mostly TV and film. And Alan, who has since passed away, God rest his soul. Yeah. Great guy. He was theater and he was a theater guru. He knew everything about theater, anything you'd want to know. If you asked him, you know, about a production of, of something, he would tell you what year and who was in it. I mean, he was amazing. Um, so I got so a really, really great this, education. Yeah, dual education there. Yeah, yeah. And he was very um, kind of, he wouldn't answer his calls and and he was very disorganized. So I kind of acted as an agent on his desk. Nice. Um, and really acted as an assistant on Hannah's desk. So, you know, I really got a taste of everything. So about a year and a half after I started, Hannah was offered uh, to move to the LA office of Buckwald. And um, she decided to, she, to go. And she um, really went to bat for me and said, you guys should make John an agent. He's ready. Wow. He's only been here for a year and a half, but he's ready. Um, he's got life experience, blah, blah, blah. So, um, Which going back is the up, reason why I was sort of yeah. 
I mentioned the whole, like, it's, it's sad that there were so many things against you because you were older, et cetera. And most people who start are younger because, you know, as someone who's been doing this has been like interviewing people in the industry, this happens so often where people start later or pivoted, um, Mm. which I think people really need to know that those stories exist, especially during this time when there's probably going to be a good amount of pivoting. But you think even Kim, like she didn't start casting until I think her mid thirties. So oh, is that right? I didn't even know right. that. Yeah, she she didn't start until I think she said mid thirties. So it's one of those. Wow, things you just gave I, up her. You just gave oh, up no, her she age. Said it. To me. She said it. She said it. So I'm like, if if she said it, I was able to. In fact, she said the actual age, but I, you know, it's mid thirties. But uh, uh-huh. but no, she just in her head was like, I wanted to try something else, and that happens so often. So it does make sense that that would happen for you too. Um, but it well, sucks I wonder, because so I you do wonder have all how, this life experience. Yeah, I wonder. Um, you know, if it is that much harder today to do it, I think it, I think it probably would be. Um, but I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. I mean, I'm glad, I'm glad I did it when I did. Um, I know that, that Buckwald would not have hired me as an intern. Cause when I, when I started there, there was an, um, an assistant who came in, um, or an intern who came in that we hired. And when it was determined that she wasn't getting college credit, she was out of school we had to let her go. Wow. It was a legal thing. So um, I think I hear both of you and just because her story was right before. So, you know, both of you moved up quickly and I think it came from, I mean, the fact that it was like a year and a half or so before you became an agent, that's quick, right? I mean, you know, better. Very quick. And it was also, you know, luck, right place at the right time because, um, you know, look, if I had been right out of school and that happened, there's no way they would have, um, you know, hired a, a young guy who was only an assistant for a year and a half, right. probably. Um, unless I was, you know, a star, I, maybe. Yeah, but that's where I think of that kind of thing serves you well. Like you and her and, and countless other, yeah. other people I've talked to, th- that life experience makes it so that, you know, you can probably jump the ladder a tiny bit more. Maybe yeah. not in this case I was also anymore. pretty, you know what? I was also a very good assistant, I have to say. I'm sure. Um, and... Hannah had been through like three assistants in the time between when I first met with her and when I started working with her again Wow! and no one worked out. So I was definitely a good assistant. Says a lot about you. Um, well, thank you. So, um, so you're in a bath for me. She went to bath. I got, so they moved me up to, um, to be an agent. So, and I always tell, we do these intern, um, seminars every year. And I always, I like to tell the interns, I say, you know, so when I became an agent, I could look back two years to when I was an intern yeah. from, from intern to agent in two years. Yeah. Pretty cool. That is really so, cool. Um, so, yeah. So I became an agent. That was in. How was, your, how was your first day as being an agent? Like, how was that transition from being an assistant to being like, I, this is my desk. This is my time. You know, it's, it's a good question. So we're talking now. I started in 05 as an assistant and I became an agent in the end of 06. So I just gotten married. So I was coming back from my honeymoon as an agent. Um, and I, I was pretty scared, I think, because I knew that I was a good assistant, but I didn't know that I'd make a good agent, right? So yeah, there was a lot of um, trepidation, a lot of anxiety. Um, um, How do you at, start, at start as an agent there? Because I mean, I feel like as an assistant, you're working for someone who already has that roster, who already has those connections. And I guess as an assistant, you develop some of those connections, but how do you start? Like, so I you- knew, so I knew, um, 
you know, obviously I knew all, all our actors right. um, already. And I had already been going to all the, um, all the schools, um, showcases. their showcases, you know, like Juilliard and NYU and Yale. Um, so I continued doing that. And, you know, through the actors that we represented who had graduated from those schools, you know, they would, um, you know, recommend me to their friends from the, you know, the younger classes. And I started building up my roster that way. Got it. So, yeah. Is that true till today? Do you feel like a majority of the new people that join your roster? Because you're in a particular situation. I'm also going to be interviewing another agent from a different Mm -hmm. type of agency, from BRS. Different, Mm -hmm. though, than Buckwald. Do you feel like most of the clients who join your roster, unless they're big and just unrepresented or changing representations and have like a show recurring role series regular type thing. Do you mostly get the people in your roster from showcases? So there are a lot of, we have like, what is it? Eight agents in the New York office. Um, all legit. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, we have, we have, you know, all departments, right. we, you know, we cover, you know, sports and Literary. commercials and voiceovers, everything. Yeah. Um, but in my department in legit, there are eight of us. And um, so there's some of the younger agents that are now kind of, I passed the baton onto in a way. So, you know, they're more likely to take on the more developmental people and yeah. I'll, I'll take the, the people who, you know, I'll be interested in the people who have more experience yeah. and more credits. Um, Great. So I say this because um, I have one of I have a friend, Dana Levinson, who I think is represented. I love Dana. Yeah. She's so I wrote client. to her. I know. I wrote to her recently. I was like, I'm I'm interviewing Jonathan, and and he was. She was like, I love them. She's like, I. She just had such great things to say about you. Yeah, she's doing. Obviously. She's doing great. She's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Um. So um. So yeah, I mean, it was it was definitely a scary thing, but you know, I knew everyone I worked with were you know you know, the people that I had known for a year and a half already, and they were all really nice people and they were all supportive. It, you know, it worked out great. And they, they really also um, welcomed me as a colleague when I got mm. moved up. I mean, that's one thing you have to worry about. You know, they saw you as an assistant and now all of a sudden you're, you're an agent, their colleague, will they accept you that way? Yeah. And, you know, they really did. I mean, we're, we're, like a fam, it's it feels like more of a family at Buckwall, yeah. um, which is really great. It's a great place to be. Yeah. So, so I mean, we talked a little. You kind of mentioned it earlier that now mm-hmm. everything's sort of separated by networks, but at the time it wasn't that you were able. So, so let's go over that with people. What that means. So it was up. You know, until recently, the way we did it was by casting director. Right. So when when Hannah moved to the LA office, I basically got most of her coverage. So she covered uh, Warner Brothers. Um, so I took over Warner Brothers, um, even though you know, Meg Simon, who's since retired, she only retired recently, like yeah. a couple years ago, but she was the head cast director for the New York, New York WB. Um, and I had worked with, with her office for the last year and a half. She was offered you know, she said, would you want John to cover you or would you want one of the more seasoned agents? She wanted to work with me. Yeah. So, you know, which was great. And that was what I got from most of the, you know, most of the cast directors that have worked with Hannah, um, you know, were happy to work with me. So Sounds right off the bat. a lot about you too. Thank you. Well, right, so right off the bat, I got great, you know, casting offices to cover. 
Because um, for and, others, that um, might be a struggle if then all of a sudden they're starting out and they only have like a few or like a exactly. couple. No, very true. Yeah. Very true. Very true. So yeah, it was it was um, a great opportunity and a, a fairly easy transition. So yeah, so, um, so just to tell listeners, so for if they don't know if they're not actors, we have people throughout the entertainment or just general interest people. So mm-hmm. we have, you know, for your roster, you have all, you know, all these people on the Buckwald roster and legit, you know, pool and you can submit all of them but you really submit them to like breakdowns and to to roles that are covered by these casting directors essentially exactly but then you also you know and cast directors usually like this too i mean they're going through the breakdowns but you know they also they also like to get individual pitches on you know your top the top people for that role because right you know, you're submitting on breakdowns, you're submitting a whole, a whole bunch of people, but maybe there's a handful that's really right for it, that um, they have the credits that, you know, they're going to be um, exciting to the, to the producers who are making the decisions. Right. So you're not just submitting your roster and you're also submitting, you know, at Buckwald, we work off one client list. So you don't sign anyone that the whole group doesn't want to sign. Right. Um, so while you have, you know, your own actors that you've signed that, that you're responsible for, um, you know, you want everyone to be excited about all, all the actors. And um, so you don't sign anyone unless everyone's excited. Which is great. I don't think that happens yeah. everywhere. So I like. No, that. no, that's true. Some of the big, especially some of the bigger agencies. Yeah. Well, just so only true. one agent will know, will know the person. And then they're kind of, if that agent is only doing films, the TV person probably doesn't know that person. Right. So I was that? just going to say it works on the flip side too. So for like casting directors, they will learn to trust whomever that representative is in that agency. So if they have multiple agents yeah. in that agency sending off people, it might not be quite yeah. the same as being like, I know John's people's like, they're good. But so we've switched things around, which most agencies do, which is by network. So right. if, if there's um, a casting director who, is working on NBC, but also working on something um, for the CW or something, then you're going to have two different agencies, two different agents right. at Buckwald working for you. And do you think that but, works better? Do you like that? So some, listen, some offices are fine with it and some offices aren't. Like for instance, Judy Henderson hmm. wants to just work with me and right. you know we make exceptions. There's another, I won't name names, there's another office that you know, only works with me, even though she's um, Do multiple got type of projects. Yeah. She, works she works a lot networks. with Netflix and whatever. And, but you know, we have a relationship. So, so, but for the most part, most of the cast directors have gotten to know all the agents right. and are happy to work with, with anyone. So how do you as long like as, this system? Yeah. Um, you know, I'm fine with it. I, I really am. Um, you know, I think it's, it's actually good to, kind of get to know some other people well, some other cast directors well, because, you know, there were a bunch that I hadn't worked with before because, um, you know, they were assigned to a different office. And now that they're, uh, it's by network, if they're on a network that I cover, then boom, I'm working with them and I get to know them. So feel free to say no. And I imagine that might be, but can you tell us what what networks you cover or no? Sure. So I cover NBC. 
I share with another, we kind of teamed up. NBC, CBS, again, I teamed up. I cover Quibi, kind of a new one. Yeah. Um, and I cover Hulu. And then I have Own as well. And then some littler, some littler ones. Nice. There's a lot out there. There's I mean, so many, I know. If there weren't eight of us, it would be really hard to manage everything. I mean, yeah. there's, there's just... And it's growing. Of, I mean, the fact that Quibi, you know what I mean? That's new. Yeah. It's yeah, Kobe came out at a at not a not the best of times though. I know because it's you know it's a it's a network for the mobile phones, and you know for people to to watch when they're on the subway and things like that. You'll see things will come back eventually, yeah. and then, so that's my story. Yes. So can you name um any like favorite experiences as an agent or some things you love about being an agent? Yeah. So so one thing when I when I get that first job for, for an actor who hasn't worked, like it usually works with the, the kids right out of school. Yeah. When they get that first job and I, I get to tell them that they booked it, mm-hmm. that's the best. Yeah. That's the best. I love do you, that. Do you always call then? Is it always a call? Not oh yeah. You can't, you can't just send an email on that. Um, you should start having you know, them tape that because that stuff goes viral quickly. Yeah, that's true. Well, I taped one when a when a client of mine booked a, a series, and I, I filmed the uh, reaction over the phone. But he's he's kind of a very uh, subdued guy, so, so it wouldn't have made it. One, it wouldn't yeah. have gone viral. It wouldn't have gone viral. But he was very excited for him. Yeah, I'm sure. No, but those things, man. I mean, they always say that. Even like uh, I remember when the Hadid sisters got the Victoria's Secret thing, like the, for the first time, that went oh. so viral. So I think people really just enjoy seeing dreams come true. You know? Sure. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a that's a great part of the job. Yeah. It is. But then when they don't get the job, I email. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't want to, you don't have to. And you but say, like, you don't want to be their therapist. You don't want to have to like handle the emotional side that might. Oh, come I get a lot of that. that. I do get a lot of that sometimes. But yeah. Um, no, you say you say they went in another direction. You know, onwards and upwards. Yeah. Do you use the Always phrase onwards spin. and upwards I or use something it like it? I've, I've definitely got things like that where it's like they went with something else or I've had, I think I remember the first time I met you, I told you the story about how I, what was it? It was the night of where I got, I kept getting rescheduled and rescheduled and finally they canceled mm-hmm. it. It happened to me a second time and I booked crashing, went in for the fitting and then they were like, we're no longer doing that scene. We're just not going to do the entire scene. It happens. And I got the same type of email. Like they, they apologize. They're very sorry, but actually I do want to tell you paid, this. Though, right? Well, so this paid. is the thing, Jonathan. Thank you. This is why I'm glad I'm, I didn't even think to bring this up, but I will so <laughs> that people can know this. The first time I really spoke with you about acting stuff, it was a few years ago, but it was about the night of, and you said that you were like, you still got paid. Right. And I had not gotten paid for the <gasps> night of, and you okay. explained, you said, no, listen, <clears throat> let's talk about this. <laughs> if you book something and you have that email saying you booked it and you get canceled, you still get one day of shoot. And I was like, I didn't know this. How come my agent didn't tell me? So when it mm-hmm. happened again for crashing, I immediately called my agent. And I won't name names, but she completely said no. She was like, that's never wow. happened to me. I've, and this is a what? good agency, a bi-coastal agency. But she was like, I've never seen that happen. And also, I think it'll make you look bad to casting. And I was like, John Mason at Buckwell told me. This. I mean, it's a... It, it, 
SAG would enforce it. SAG would enforce it. And so then to, to get sort of the extra validation, because I had you in the, my head going like, Michelle, you should have gotten it for the night of. I called, no, I, I spoke to Mia Cusimano, another casting director mm-hmm. for those. Yeah, I love know. Mia. Mia's great. And uh, I asked her, because I think I saw her that day. And I said, hey, this happened. And she goes, oh yeah, 100% get that. <laughs> and, you, and it won't make you look bad. This happens. No, it won't. Because, you know, it's not the cast, the casting director didn't choose to offer it to you. They were told to offer it to you yes. by the producers. Yep. And so the producers will know that they have to pay and it's not the cast director's fault. Right. So I, I got a lot of backlash from the agent still after telling him that like you said this and Mia Cusimano. So I called huh. my union. I called SAG-AFTRA and I Good spoke to the you. representative and she was, and they were, and of course they were like a hundred percent you're supposed to get, I had already gone for the fitting. I was like, at least I should get yeah. paid for the fitting if not the shoot day. Yeah. And I got paid for both. But yeah, my agent absolutely. was like, oh, hold on, and spoke to SAG after and was like, oh, this has never happened before. And I was like, this should, I, oh mm. it was very annoying. But anyway, I got my, I got my fee for that. Wow. So I, th- I thank you. I thank you oh, for your contribution to I'm, that. I'm, gl- I'm glad uh, it worked out. Yeah, I have a story. I, there's a story. There was another, there was an incident where a cast director made a mistake um, oh. and I guess wasn't supposed to um, word it the way she did for a booking and it wasn't actually a booking and they ended up not uh, writing out the the role or whatever. And the actor's position was that she should be paid. And, you know, in that sense, I, I suggested not going after it because I get that because that would make the casting director like exactly legitimately. She was going to have to pay out of her pocket. Yeah. 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 No, I totally agree. So yeah. So I do have a couple questions that like I asked people, I was like, I'm having, uh, I didn't Mm -hmm. say you, but I was like, I'm having an agent come on. Um, And I said a couple questions. A lot of them obviously were from people who were like, you know, as an actor, what looks good? How do you pitch yourself? That kind of thing. So. So it depends. So are you, uh, are you talking about someone who's green or someone who has some credits? Well, it's hard. So I imagine and you could tell me if I'm wrong, but for Buckwald, if you're green, I think unless you come from like a prestigious place, that's yes. just not the right agency for you. It's both sides. I just don't think that's the right agency for you, right? So either let's say a developmental client or really someone with more experience who actually can get a meeting with you guys, How? what's the best pitch? On All right. So one thing, one thing I'm always looking for is which casting directors does that actor know? So if, if they've had the opportunity to meet with, um, you know, some of the, some of the bigger ones who do, you know, the network people or the, you know, the big feature film cast directors, I won't, I won't start naming them, but if they've, if they've had the opportunity to meet and those people are, are possibly fans and I can actually reach out to those cast directors and, yeah. and check. How often do you do that, by the way? How often do you like, like, you'll be like, this person says they're really close to Kim Graham. We're just going to keep name her, naming her. But how often do you call Kim and we're like, hey, how is, how is he as if, an actor? If, if, I'm, if I'm interested enough, yeah. yeah, I mean, I get, I know that um, one of my colleagues, when she meets with people and the people mention certain cast directors that um, they know, my colleague will always ask me, if I'm covering those cast directors, will ask me, can you check with, so-and-so and and see what they think of of this person and so i'll reach out it's kind of like providing a reference as an interview for like another job yeah so that's one thing you know i've signed i i I, i've signed people who 
And we could talk about that actually quickly. You only sign people. Yes. And a yes. period of we, one year or do you ever make it longer? So we start with 18 months. Got it. And then it goes, it goes to three years. But things are changing in the industry. You know, people aren't signing as much. You know, Buckwald, we um, are very strict about, about signing contracts. We can be a bit more flexible with the, the terms, you know, 18 months, going to three years. A lot of times three years is a bit daunting to people. So, you know, we can, we can make it two years, another 18 months. We'll, we'll be flexible with that. But contracts are very important. What, uh, so what else am I looking for? You say you asked you know, for casting director references. Or- you know, if they have some footage, you know, student films, you know, it's good to be able to see some, some footage, how they look on camera and things like that. Right. I think though, it's not going to take, at least at Buckwald, it's not going to get someone that far. If yeah. it's just a bunch of student films, if they, if they don't know, you know, the casting directors and whatnot, you know, I've taken on people from, other countries who are really successful and like famous in other countries. Right. And I can't get them arrested here. It's really crazy. Super talented people, Why do but they don't know the casting directors. Oh. I don't know. Interesting. It's crazy. And they're um, allowed to work here. So, so, you know, there was someone who had a green card. Okay. Um, there was someone who had an O one visa. I mean, sometimes there's, there's, it's a bit tricky with those yeah, things, but visa, yeah. back when I was working with them, it wasn't as hard as it is now. Got it. So, interesting. you know, I think the cast director relationships are super important. Well, cause those I, I tell way, people I, you yeah. can meet them at these one-on-one um, workshops, one-on-one or actors connection. Yep. You know, I, I used to meet with, you know, people from, you know, I would do these actor connections things and they would, they would ask how you get to meet casting directors and I'd always say you know you can do these classes with casting directors too and and meet them that way yeah. and um that's a great that's a great opportunity and I've seen you. those things really work I mean for me I, I've gotten yeah. auditions from them but I know people who've like straight booked stuff not from the classes yeah. obviously but like I remember one specific one it was uh, I always tell the story Allison Estrin she was doing a workshop and someone did a scene and she asked the the actor to do it as a high-end call girl the scene was completely wrong for that but she was like just trust me no it's weird just do mm-hmm. it and at the end of the class we were talking Allison she was like hold on a second I'm just emailing this actress I have an audition for billions tomorrow for high-end call girl and she booked it so these nice. things are important I mean she did she wasn't represented so that particular story that's kind of what it's like is to yeah. you know make those connections but i try to tell people those things take time you know like it, it might not yeah, always it take time I and mean, there's exceptions but for the most part you build these relationships over the t- over time you don't just meet them once you meet them three four times they're like okay consistently yeah and you know now if you get in with like you know a, a big like marcy phillips for, for instance at abc has yeah. sent over people um for us to meet and you know if it's just Marcy Phillips, who's a fan, that's enough sometimes. Yeah. And then, you know, you take on, you know, it's sometimes exciting. You take on a new face and you have the opportunity to introduce them to other cast directors. Right. But if, but if a cast director like Marcy Phillips, you know, says this person is going to be a star, I love her or I love that's him. That's a good recommendation. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, I was going to say, sometimes we do like taking on people who, you know, fresh face who a right. lot of people don't know. If there's one that really does know them and, and is a fan. So so interesting. How often does it happen where like a casting director calls you and is like, I just, I'm booking this actor. 
unrepresented. They need someone to negotiate this big contract, whether it's, you know, it how happens. often, because yeah, I feel like you're one of the names they'd call essentially, you know? Yeah. Can you hear me? Okay. My, I my can. earphones just, okay. I can. Um, my earphones just ran out of batteries. Um, yeah, it happens. It happens um, all the time. And, you know, when it does, you know, it, first of all, it's, it makes me feel great that a cast director is, you know, trust me enough that thinks that an actor that they love should be with me. I love that. Yeah. You know, it's not a bad thing if they're booking something. It's not always, you know, that, that they're booking something and they want me to negotiate it. Sometimes it's just that this actor is great. You know, I think you would, you guys would get along, love for you to meet this person. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And so I'll, I'll usually get, Judy has sent me people that way. Yeah. Um, I've signed people from Judy. Absolutely. Great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, are you guys taking on new clients during this time or is it really one of those things where it's like, you know, we have, we've taken, we've had zoom meetings with some, some people. I mean, when the schools were coming out and they were like, you know, I guess it was really unfortunate for, for all those showcases, but yeah. some of them did a really good job. Juilliard did a great job with, with their showcase. Really? Um, yeah. They did a really nice job with it, but yeah, we, you know, some of the other agents, I didn't do a lot of signing. I signed someone, during the whole uh, quarantine, who was in a show that I loved that I watched during the quarantine, um, The Hunters. Oh yeah, I've heard good things. Um, someone who was in the, in that. I, w- I think that was my only sign during the the quarantine. But we've had we've had some signings during this crazy time, and you know now things are picking up. Yeah. In terms of you know work. How, how, what are you seeing on your back. end? Because I'm seeing, I'm, I'm hearing that there's like slowly more and more breakdowns, but on your yeah, end. There's, well, it's, it, the productions are starting, like New York productions are, are getting started. You know, people are going to quarantine um, to prepare for, you know, people who had to travel, obviously. Right. People who, who live in New York and the shows in New York can go right in. But yeah. there's a lot of testing. There's protocols that are in place. Canada has a lot of things going on, a lot of production. Yeah, in Canada, the guy, yeah. And things are much better there. So, um, they're still, you know, they're doing quarantines over there. They're doing a little less testing okay. with SAG's permission. Then they're also not they have getting the states. results back quickly. It's really, I mean, from what I'm hearing, it's like you're, you're, asking, you're asking to be tested and then you're not sure when you're going to get those results, or it's five days later and that might be too. I think that, um, I've asked that question because there was um, an actor that was going to do a show in Oregon, a TV show in Oregon, and they were going to test him and then shoot. There was no real quarantine. It was like three days. They were going to test him. And then three days later, they're going to start to shoot. And I said, well, if you're testing him, are you going to get the test that soon to be able to know if if all the actors are are negative? He said, yeah, we get it back within 48 hours. I'm like, Great. Okay. So maybe it just I guess they have a on special, the production or they have this. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they pay a little extra. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's there's things going on a lot in Canada, Toronto, Vancouver. Vancouver. Um, over you know overseas, there's there's things going on. Yeah. Um, Atlanta has a lot. Yeah. You know, LA, I think still. It's hard in California, right? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's. Yeah, they're not quite there yet. Yeah. Um, which is weird because, you know, when we were dealing, New York was dealing with uh, the worst of it. L.A. looked like they were going to get started sooner yeah. than we were. And now it's the opposite. Definitely. But, yeah, we're very glad. I mean, it's unfortunate for theater. You know, that's going to be that's still be a quite while. a while longer. Um, yeah. And how I feel your, terrible. How are your theater clients taking that? Or how are you? You know, it's terrible for that? them. I mean, I, you know, I have an actor in... Um, 
in um, Harry Potter show who hasn't worked since March. Um, you know, it's, it's, I mean, no one's, no one's worked since March, (laughs) but you know, the theater actors, you know, don't have that light at the end of the tunnel, like the, you know, the TV and film actors do. Um, and commercials. Yeah. So, you know, it's rough. It's rough. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything, I mean, I, one of them, someone asked if a client lives in New York, will the agent submit to client for, you know, LA projects? But I think, you know, yeah. Yeah, we have the, you know, we have the LA office and yeah. actually I have clients who moved out to LA from New York and we still work for, with them from the New York office. Yeah. I mean, we have relationships with the LA cast directors as well. So, yeah, great. Um, we work all over the place. All over. It's the best part. Mm-hmm. Well, fantastic. I can't think of anything else right now. I mean, I know we're, we're, we're at about an hour, so this is exactly right. You know, every day is a, is a, is a new, uh, adventure and you never know, you know, what big, big booking is going to happen. It's very, it's all very exciting, which is what I, you know, love about this business. Yeah. Overall, I mean, as someone, I guess I'll end it on this as someone who has done a few different types of roles in entertainment, but also elsewhere, finance, et cetera. How is being an agent? Like what about being an agent really? I mean, I, I love it. You know, I, I honestly love actors you know i've i've met agents in my life who actually don't like actors which i I always find so crazy and the fact that i pursued it for a while probably helps and you know maybe the actors i represent appreciate that um we'll have to uncover those those older headshots from when you first left we have to uncover those like headshots from when you first left college my god yeah they're around they're definitely around um actually my assistant my a long time ago assistant uh, put on the desktop my headshots and now every assistant since then has those saved on their laptop oh. so, or on their computers at work, I should say. So, uh, yeah. Has yours? Has your my, headshots? My headshots That's great. Are, are I thought you were the, saying that their headshots from when they were No, starting. sorry. My headshots, were, That's my headshots were gotten, they, my, my assistant from years ago got them I don't know if I sent, I must've sent them to her, you know, just to be funny. Uh, and she saved them to the, to the, to the desktop and it lives on. It lives on. Lives on after all Wonderful. these years. Yeah. 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 Well, no, I love what great. I, I love yeah. what I do. I love the company I work at. Um, I love the people I work with and um, yeah, you know, I'm glad I have had the experiences I've had to know, you know, how, how great I have it now. And I don't know that I, appreciate it as much if I hadn't done all the things. That I, I agree. And I yeah. and good on you also, because there's a lot of people out there who've just stayed in the same place thinking, I don't love it, but you know, what else mm. is there? It's, yeah, hard, I feel, it's hard to take the risk to do something yes, else. Absolutely. No, I was, I was lucky in the sense that I had uh, the support of my, my parents. I almost um, asked you that. I almost was like, how did your parents feel about all this? Yeah, they out? weren't, they weren't super happy when I decided not to do finance, but um, you know, now that, you know, once I figured out what I wanted to do and, uh, they were super happy that I was happy and, you know, my dad's passed away, but my mom, you know, is super happy, you know, where I am now and, uh, you know, my success and, um, my happiness, which is, I think the most important. Most important. And obviously your wonderful family. Yes, Yes. absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I think that's it. Thank you so much. Thank you, Michelle. It was a pleasure speaking with you. 
All right. Thank you so much. That was such a great interview. I'm so grateful for Jonathan Mason for giving me his time and giving us, you know, just a look into the life of being an agent, especially at Buckwald Talent. So thank you, Jonathan Mason. And I hope you enjoyed that. Um, If you did, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts. It really does make a huge difference. I'm going to read another uh, wonderful review. It's called Writer's Journey. Thank you, Malachi Chapman. Thank you for allowing me to be an audience member into this beautiful world of a writer and the entertainment industry itself. I will be a daily listener to this beautiful show. Thanks, Malachi. Uh, I think he really was commenting on a specific episode with Matt Wooden, who is a TV writer, novelist, and playwright. He's written for some of our favorite shows, Law and Order, House, Medium, Supernatural, Pretty Little Liars. If you haven't seen or listened to that episode yet, please do so. And uh, I'll see you again next week. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much for listening to Mentors on the Mic. If you enjoyed the episode, please share it with a friend you know would love it. Let me know what you learned or what stayed with you on our Instagram, at Mentors on the Mic. I will be sharing even more information about our mentors there. These are crazy times, and now more than ever, it's so important to connect. Talk to someone about what you learned today who would really appreciate it, and send them the episode. Also, if you love the show, please go ahead and leave us a rating on iTunes. Every week, I'm choosing a review to read on an episode. It really makes a huge difference in growing this. Thanks.